0: So welcome to our next episode of
1: Clinically Press. Uh, we're here in Venice, California with Logan Galbrick. I had the pleasure of meeting him last night, officially, and uh, we had some good chats and uh, a lot of things that I wanted to get into and questions I wanted to ask, but
0: we decided to kind of hold off until today here. So. Yeah, we've been, we've been pulling back the reins. <laughs> yeah, it's been a cool weekend so far. I'm excited, oh, yeah.
1: excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited too. Here in town for the, the birth Fit yeah. summit, yeah. version one of many, probably. <laughs> <never> <laughs> sure. I'm excited for where that's gonna go too. Yeah,
0: it's, I, I was telling Lindsay, uh, this wasn't like a a knock or a negative thing, but I was like, you realize this is probably the last time you're able to have this at the house, right? Like, <laughs> and, and I swear that wasn't me like being like, we shouldn't do this at the house. It's like, you know. This is going to be in like a hotel ballroom next year Where or something, you know, yeah, it's kind of nutty. Yeah, I did like the setting,
1: though. That oh, it is great. Cool. Yeah, I think,
0: I think it will be in some ways uh, sad to to move out of the comforts of, it, of the house. But, yeah, it's like it's, sending the kids off
1: to college, you know. Right, it, it's blowing up for for good reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so a little bit about you. Um, I tried to, to dig in a little bit of a background, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess if uh, starting, I mean, when you you grew up in the area mm-hmm. and everything, and you you played college baseball, yeah. and then you got drafted by the Padres, correct? Right. Yeah. Uh, so growing up, leading into that, did you uh, was
0: that your dream? Yeah, I uh, I always felt lucky because I felt like I knew from a very early age. So specifically what I wanted to do and there hasn't so far really been a time in my life where I haven't known that and, um, uh, and I, the reason why I, s- I say that I feel lucky is that you know I think many people spend a lot of time trying to figure out what they should do or they're, they're, they don't know what they want to do and so there are some maybe formative years that are spent kind of uh, Wandering or without uh, some focused direction, you know, and not that that's bad, but I always felt lucky because I could just point all my arrows in one direction. I remember being maybe I was probably nine years old, uh, in Cooperstown, like where they have the baseball hall of fame with my dad and family, and like pointing at just random awards and saying, like, my name's gonna go here and here, and you know, and uh. It was, kind of funny and maybe cute at that age, but um, I always knew what I wanted to do and that at the time was uh, baseball and I wanted to be the best in the world. I wanted to play professional baseball. Um, But I always feel like in the back of my mind I also knew what that meant, you know, to to want something like that. And I I think um, it's important to support people's goals. Whatever they are, like how, no matter how crazy they are, but um, you also need to be held accountable to what that means. Because the easy thing is to want crazy stuff, right? Like, yeah. Like, I want a ranching on the hill and a Ferrari and like to be a CEO, whatever. Like it's, it's easy to want to a lot of things. Immediately have it, or, or or you know, immediately have it, or just not really know what it means to want that. You know. So I knew that wanting to be a major league baseball player meant that when a lot of my friends are out playing, I would be training, you know, and I knew that um, that was going to be hard and uncomfortable and there would be challenges, and of course, you don't know everything, but I anticipated this lifestyle that it would take to get what I wanted, and that, I think, was almost as important as having the goal, in my opinion, you know. I can see that for sure. Yeah, at this point, it's like I said. Like the hard thing is doing it. The easy thing is saying like, yeah, I don't want to be an astronaut. It'd be great. You know, it's like okay. Well, do you, do you like science class? Like, cause you're gonna need to be the guy in your <laughs> science class until forever. You know what I mean? And so that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I yes, I was very
1: focused at a very young. So age. was that just like intuitive that you just knew that you had to do? that and put in that work or was that kind of ingrained in you by you know yeah or uh, that's a good question
0: I don't know I think some of it must have been intuitive I think I'm generally good at um, like frame of, of mind even at a young age I can kind of displace my own perspective and kind of look at things from other angles and uh, as a kid as you're like developing you're understanding that maybe you're not the only thing in the world and there's other people and that you can do things that affect other people and other people think and believe in things different than you and then there are these groups and there's religions and subcultures and and these these bubbles but even outside of that there's interaction amongst it. Like life is complicated and so I, I think I was able to look at something like baseball and and put myself in different perspectives of it like what does this look like if i'm a, a 20 year major league veteran like what did my life look like you know and it definitely didn't skip all the hard work i could look to other people's practices and kind of put myself there and and just look at the thing from another lens than just my like you know 7 or 8 year old eyes you know and so I think I was just maybe investigating it because I was so interested in it and arrived at it, I don't know, but, yeah.
1: That's impressive for anyone to have that foresight, I feel like, but especially someone at
0: that age. Yeah, it's, it's, um it is, and I, I think I only know, that I only, like, agree with you because uh, I think the latter part of my life, um, I've kind of uh, dug into these sort of implications on like a academic level, you know? So, um, human behavior and like development, these kind of arcs are present in every single person that is walking around. Most people don't develop to a place that can see different perspectives in this way. You kind of get s- stuck at some place along the way. And what I've kind of, learned from other people much smarter than myself is that, um, I think I got to that, you know, kind of more advanced stage in one way pretty early, you know? And so for me, it just, you know, my life is just my life and that's how it showed up. It was like this baseball thing and now like a business thing, but, um, yeah, some people, uh, you can get stuck along the way.
1: So is it, um, along... Like kind of what Ken Wilber talks about, about yeah. the brief history of everything. Yes, um, I Erica got me that book based on your and Lindsay's recommendation, and it sounds wow. like just spot on with kind of what I've been reading. I haven't finished it yet, but
0: yeah, that, it's a it's a brick. I I read that one uh, this year <laughs> as well. Um, so Ken Wilber is in the same conversation of a lot of. There's like a, a handful of thought leaders on the, the topic but that's a great example yeah gotcha. talk about the exact same thing it's like a kind of development of consciousness sure you know? so what
1: do you think you said you got there sooner than most what do you think got you there or is it just
0: yeah I don't know um, I mean it, it's just it's totally heavy right <laughs> I mean, oh yeah I mean, we just oh, yeah. referred to a book called <laughs> a brief history of everything which is hilarious uh, <laughs> I, uh, I
1: showed it to someone, and they're like, oh, I thought it would have been a lot longer. Than right, that. right,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, I love it. We're getting deep fast, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. What I'm proposing, and this, is, this gets into a whole conversation. I'm trying to write a, a book. I'm writing a book on the, this very topic, sort of. Um, and I think I advanced... In this way, uh, quickly or we could say successfully, um, mostly because I was doing the thing and seeking the thing that uh, gave me the most amount of purpose and held me to like the highest kind of standard of myself. It, you know, I, I think life is a lot about chasing this intersection of uh, challenge and preparation. You know, so if I practice a a skill or a, some sort of pursuit or interest to a high level, but I don't meet that with an equal kind of an opposite challenge, then you're kind of coasting, right? Everything's easy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like knowing, you know, algebra two, but like you're only sticking with uh, you know subtraction or long division, you know. Um, conversely we we don't really get into a zone of like high performance if you're putting yourself in front of extreme challenges to use the same example like I just google algebra two questions all day long, but I've never learned you know anything beyond just basic arithmetic you know i I can't match the challenge I can't meet the problem uh, ahead of me and I think the kind of like golden nugget in life is to continually advance your preparation or your, your mastery of whatever it is that we're talking about with equal challenges and so you are t- continually growing and so you know as young as 7 years old or so maybe even younger I said there's this thing way out in the future playing Major League Baseball that I want to do and I'm pretty sure I have an idea of Massive body of work that it takes to get there, and so I'm gonna kind of keep pushing the preparation and the challenges along the way. You know, and so what does that look like? It's like you, know, you do you do tee ball and you you don't quit, and then you you sign up for little league and then you try to get you know drafted first or whatever on the the team. And you know, if I don't like the all-star team, maybe I feel like I'm a little bit behind, which is okay. You know, there's a million routes to one destination, but. Those are like the mini-challenges along the way, and it's like, well, all right, I go to high school and uh, freshmen usually don't make varsity, so I gotta figure out what what does it mean to do that, you know, and you accomplish that, and what does it mean to get a college scholarship or to get drafted, you know, and so that covers a lot of bases, you know, if you, I think, if you are pursuing something that is gonna, like I said, hold you accountable, and speak to your purpose and fulfillment. Um, if I did if I did all that because someone else wanted me to play professional baseball then I wouldn't be able to work as hard. I wouldn't be fulfilled. I'd probably quit. You wouldn't be able to practice with the same type of intention uh, that you could if you wanted it yourself and I always wanted it <coughs> myself. You, know? you mentioned like did that come from someone else? I had the coolest parents in the history of ever <laughs> You know, um and they would have supported me if I wanted to be like a punk rock drummer or a you know, physicist or whatever and they gave me the, the freedom to to chase this kind of baseball thing. And so baseball was just like the the flavor or the, the type of conversation to I like, think learn all these lessons is how I look at it. Gotcha. Yeah
1: that's cool. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever had a as intellectual or like in-depth or looked at baseball <laughs> as much as like our conversation <laughs> last night. About oh, yeah. Just Like your description of yeah. like what it entails to be a catcher and then just managing all the different things not only with the pitchers but with the game and then with travel and just the season and yeah, everything all together. I mean, I I would, never would have looked at it that way, and never right. heard it described that way. I mean, there's it's a lot.
0: There's a lot going on, like we talked about last night. I think, you know, firstly, not everybody's a baseball fan, and uh, you know, I did this thing for a living for a little while. And I don't even watch it on TV. I remember when I got drafted, my brother was like angry at me that I didn't know what who else was in the NL West. You know, I was, <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, that is unacceptable." I'm like, "I just." Tell me what time the game is, you know, I was that type of person. So, I, I just want to preface this by saying, uh, kind of no one cares, you know, whatever your interest is, powerlifting, gymnastics, baseball, science, math you know, kind of no one cares. But, that being said, if we're paying attention, there are things about each of our crafts that can be interesting, and they can have some transferability. You know, conceptually, the things that we talked about with baseball oh, yeah. have some carryover to whatever it is. Maybe some treatment practice, or some training practice, or a career in another field. If you're paying attention to it, you know. And I always, like we talked about earlier, felt like I had a different experience than most of my peers. because I was just, I think, paying attention to things that other people weren't paying attention to. It's kind of like you, I think we all can agree there are people that graduated from our high school or our college that, like, not like you're the same person. You both had two different experiences. And I would say there's plenty of people I went to business school with that I'd never do business with. You know what I mean? It's like, we're sitting in the same classroom, but maybe we took away two different messages, you know, so yeah. I was definitely, you know, had my rabbit ears up <laughs> during <laughs> the whole baseball experience, kind of soaking up those dynamics, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird game. It's very interesting, though. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's cool. So, business school? Is that what you went to yeah. school for?
0: Yeah, I went to the University of San Diego. Um, I knew that I wanted to be entrepreneurial after my baseball career or I don't know I, I couldn't foresee how it worked but maybe you know during my baseball career um, and so I knew I wanted to study business what I didn't know what I couldn't have known is that the University of San Diego was one of I believe two schools to build a um, Dedicated leadership school as well. And so I had some additional credits from like AP things in high school to where I could sneak in this leadership studies minor wow. um, without having to stay extra. Sure I could finish in four years and all that. And so I dove into that, and um, I think that was a, a very uh, beautiful, complimentary experience. You Sounds know? like a valuable addition. Yeah. I mean, I was studying business. On purpose, you know, I wasn't, again, I knew that I wanted to do that. I wasn't uh, feeling my way through a major, you know, like, oh, I'll see what this is like. Yeah. Um, It just so happened that this leadership school was there, uh, which complemented basically what I was experiencing in practice in real life uh, on the baseball field. You know, because the leadership school, you're basically talking about human development, organizations, specifically leadership, organizational culture, and that's in a very academic, you know, context. But essentially, like, I got to do homework by, you know, captaining the defense, um, uh, you know division one athletic program that's trying to win a national championship. You know, so yeah. it's like
1: that's a big big leadership role to fill. Yeah,
0: you know, and and uh and so you're basically learning about concepts like flow, peak performance, what does that mean? Uh what does it mean to get a group to go from point A to someplace better and most people, you know, you talk about, like, street smarts versus book smarts. Like, most people in those rooms having those conversations in, like, the leadership school weren't applying it so directly, like, an hour later, you know, on a baseball field playing against the University of Texas or something like this, right? Oh, yeah. And That's... so it was this cool double whammy of learning, right? And, um, I mean, all these experiences kind of just, I think teed me up for the things that I believe in in terms of business and running you know the gym and, and just the things that I'm doing now you know for
1: sure yeah I can't imagine just being able to apply that what you learn yeah. immediately and just kind of yeah. tweak or you know test it along the way
0: yeah and like I said you know there's plenty of people that were there uh, right next to me that maybe didn't didn't hear all that you know and so I think I just kind of had my, my rabbit ears up trying to soak it up, you know. Because I looked at it like, okay, there's this guy, right, you know, he's a successful collegiate um, manager. You know, our coach, Rich Hill, he's still there. Um, and he has a family and he has goals and he wants to be successful. And he's got a bunch of kids that his entire livelihood depends on. And he can have practice at whatever time he wants and once practice starts he can do whatever he wants and we can wear our uniforms wherever we want and we can pick our signs wherever we want. The language he can use is whatever language he wants to use. Like there's all these variables. He's making it up. So he's in a way an entrepreneur, right? He has this group of people and it needs to be successful. How do you do it? And I was specifically observing that dynamic through the context of a lot of the things that we discussed in school and it's amazing when you look at it that way. You know, performance, like high performance is the best petri dish for a lot of these lessons. You know, like it's hard to look at a case study of you know performance or human development if you like say, hey, we're going to take a look at this Applebee's. You know, it's like, maybe there's some things to take away there but i want to look at the margins like extreme failure extreme success it's like, so how do you know how do the navy seals operate you know how do high performance athletic teams operate how do you know innovative challenging fringe pioneering brands operate you know and so it was this cool like opportunity like hey I'm learning about this thing and what better place than an organization that uh, cannot deal with failure? You know, like you need to win right now, right? And if you can't win, buy, someone else will come win. You know, and that kind of like cutthroat reality is so cool to look at. You know, leadership and organizations and the intricacies of them. Because what I learned is when you get into the real world whatever that is, you know, um, being an adult or whatever, <laughs> yeah, um, not everybody's playing by those rules, you know, it's much safe. it's much safer, in my opinion, I don't know, I don't, don't want to, like, piss people off, but, <laughs> but, but like, kind of think it's kind of easy, <laughs> sure, you know, like, most people aren't having that conversation, so, to have success or to be good in, like, the real world, I would say, is, um, It's a different standard, I think, you know, and uh, it's almost like in reverse, like not doing anything wrong is not doing anything terribly wrong or too bad or catastrophic for your, you know, organization or family or whatever it is that you're doing is, eh, pretty good. Yeah, but that's all it is. Eh, pretty good. Doesn't even get you in the conversation when you're trying to. You know, put a rocket in space, win a national championship, you know uh, kill someone in battle, you know, or whatever, you know like extreme mm-hmm. examples yep. you know, and so I was really lucky in that way, um, so far, it sounds like I'm really smart, but this is like not what's happening <laughs> like <laughs> I, you know whatever we're just talking about like I got pretty lucky on the way, being exposed to all this stuff, but you, to-
1: you you took that and were able to use it though. Yeah. I mean, anybody could have been yeah. exposed to it, like you said, right. those individuals in those classes and I mean, it's what they choose to do with it. So Right. I mean you obviously had to you had to pat yourself on the back a little bit with that.
0: Yeah, it's feel pretty fortunate. That's good. Cool. Surrounded by some pretty awesome awesome folks. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So um, after your baseball career ended. Yep what, I mean, did you foresee where you would be right now? Like, was this the goal kind of like you had for baseball? You know, you had like, I know I'm going to do this, or is it just kind of like I, you're kind of going out there heading this direction and it just happened that way, I guess.
0: So I had some ideas. It's, uh, it's funny because uh, firstly, I want to say, I don't believe in like a plan B thing. Like it wasn't like, I want to play baseball and chase this thing, sort of, kind of. It doesn't work out. Like, I got yeah. this. Like I think that's like cowardice, and I think that's uh, one thing's for certain. If you go about your business in that way, is you won't do the first thing. You know, you won't do plan A. Yeah. It's especially a plan A. Yeah. Especially a plan A is uh, as aggressive as it as it should be. You know. Um, so I was not. Like hedging against the risk of failure. Um, however, that being said, living the, you know, whatever life I lived from age zero to 23 or whenever I was done, um, I knew that I wanted to be entrepreneurial. There were things that I liked about it. There was this like rigor of performance and this kind of freedom and uh, an opportunity to lead and be creative. All the most interesting, successful people I've ever met in my life uh, didn't finish high school. They were entrepreneurs. They started something from nothing and they built uh, a life of happiness and freedom, like with their kind of own free will type of thing. And, uh, and so I knew that I wanted to be entrepreneurial, but that was kind of it. Now, along the way, I met some amazing people, including some incredible strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, team sports psychologists, some nutritionists. So I was building this like worldview that appreciated quality movement, this sort of general like pursuit of excellence and like self-betterment that kind of never stopped. And so I point to those things as like the seeds that kind of built this like fitness school idea that kind of came about. Um you know, but I remember thinking things like, you know, a great business would be like a buddy, Nick and I, who yeah. uh, I think you met this morning, um, we played together at USD, um, we're very similar, you know, we had this idea of like a fire protection company that did this whole like complete package that you'd sell to like commercial and residential accounts because San Diego like fires are a big problem Whatever, and it was just okay. some arbitrary business, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a whole thing that we worked through and um and we were still playing at the time cuz you can't, you know, practice 24 hours a day, right? Yeah. yeah. Um and then one of the strength coaches that we had at USD was one of the first kind of flow masters with CrossFit. And so we were us and uh Stefan Roche was our coach, uh, J- Josh Everett, who's another kind of CrossFit legend, was at the time the head coach, strength coach at uh, UC Riverside. And so we were kind of the first two Division I programs that were implementing this CrossFit thing. And so that was another like mental note, you know, what is this? It seems pretty, pretty um, thought provoking. It seems to me like somebody has a clear Purpose with this thing and I really appreciated that and so there were all these kind of mental notes along the way but as soon as I finished playing baseball I went like total internal I was like I'm going to take the next six months eight months whatever it ended up being to figure out what is it that I believe in uh, what's my next move I was reading like and I probably read uh, 150 books in, in a matter of several months, you know, it was like three books at a time, reading, writing, painting, like it was crazy, drinking all the coffee, (laughs) and, uh, and that's where I kind of like buttoned up what my next sort of expression of my life was going to be, and, uh, I looked at it as like a three sort of pronged thing, I, I needed to see what it would be like to, point all of my arrows of work capacity towards maxing out myself as a spiritual person, as an intellectual person, and as a physical person. And when you're a person like me that's like not that talented, but is willing to just work really hard in like the baseball thing, for example, I was like, this is awesome. I can just do all the work and what does it look like in a general capacity like when you like dump you know whatever it is 90 hour work weeks of this crazy workload into like throwing a baseball hitting a baseball running catching a baseball it's pretty narrow yeah for sure when I was done I was like let's open the floodgates and see what this looks like what kind of person could I be if I just went for like you know five gold stars on just general manhood you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh, the physical part that sliver was handled very thoroughly by this CrossFit thing that I was introduced to because what's the ethos it's building the most broad general fitness base possible like cool I don't need to be a power athlete necessarily anymore I haven't run more than you know 100 you know 20 feet at a time, you know, uh, without taking a break in a long time. Like, let's let's get this well rounded. Can I walk on my hands? Can I snatch a barbell? Can I, you know, can I open up my skill set and CrossFit? That's, that's it, man. You know, I can broaden my physical capacity. Sweet check mark. You know, I read the Bible from start to finish. I tried to figure out what that meant to me. I read all these books. I was writing. I was kind of organizing what I was going to do with my life. And then during that time, I kind of came up with this fitness school idea, you know, so I hit up coach Roche, um, from USD. And I said, Hey, I'm going to move back up to LA where I'm from. That's where I want to be. And I had this idea. I want to do this fitness school thing. Um, I think CrossFit is the way to bestow that upon other people. And at the time I I did this whole business plan. I, I thought that I wanted this thing to be in Manhattan beach, uh, Similar but different kind of beach town to, to Venice. I thought it was a good demographic and a great lifestyle place to live and all that. And I said, "Who should I go learn from up there?" And he said, "Go see Andy Petronic at CrossFit LA. CrossFit LA was the ninth affiliate CrossFit affiliate, you know, ever. So one of the early things there. There's like 13,000 of them now, right? Yeah. And at the time, Andy was probably one of one of one or maybe one of just a couple CrossFit affiliates that was a business not just like a like a passion project but like an organized well run business and I appreciated that so again I got lucky right I had this amazing my strength coach happened to be a CrossFit Flowmaster a ching and then the city that I'm from that I want to move back to happens to have the guy that you know not only is a leader in this CrossFit thing, but has a buttoned up business to to share, you know, and to examine, and the connection was made, and so I wrote Andy this, it's so funny, I was reading it actually the other day, I still have it, this ridiculously um, over-the-top, it's ridiculously written email to him, like, Coach Rocher told me to come see you, you know, I want to be your intern, I'll be there at five in the morning, I'll stay late, I'll, you know, I'm going to be the best damn intern you've ever seen in your life, I'll clean the bathrooms, whatever you need, right. you know, and, long story short, he was like, let's meet, calm down, like, <laughs> whatever, he's like, come at nine, like a normal human, you know, whatever, yeah. and, uh, so I went there, and, and tried to learn from the best sort of thing, you know, and, uh, so funny because I'm so borderline arrogant like gung ho whatever he was like I want to I want you to do this but let's commit to a minimum amount of time that you're gonna be here just so we're all holding each other accountable you know this number of hours of work allows you to train for this number of classes and let's let's button this thing up right my first day was June 1st and I said well I don't want to commit past the new year because you know I might have a gym trying right. to open it and he, yep. he's like, do you think you're ready for that? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but like, I'm not going to like have you hold me down, pal. you know, yeah. kind of thing." And, uh, you know, whatever it is, five years later, I opened a gym. You no know. kidding. Yeah, it was, wow. So I was very aggressive in my desires, but, um, that's when I started to get specific on the next step after baseball.
1: Okay. You know, um, well then at least you could have something to,
0: you had that goal again whereas you didn't do right. that right away I can see. Yeah, and it, it's funny because the gym, Deuce Gym and my other business, Original Nutritionals are kind of like business flavored excuses to say the things that I wanted to say. You know? So like, the way it should be though. Right? Yeah, totally. I think it's the best way to do it. Like, you know, um, like we are just talking about caveman coffee, my friends at caveman, like, they didn't want to really start a coffee company, but they did have a bunch of stuff to say to people about lifestyle and how to improve themselves, and turns out having this brand is a very excellent vehicle for them to do that, and they're largely successful in every way you can imagine, including sharing that message, you know, so after going through this sort of mini-arc of one of the main American sports at like the highest level, what I observed as performance was at odds with the entire fitness industry. You know, it's like, why is everybody doing that? (laughs) Because you want to be, you know, athletic and lean and strong or whatever. But all the athletic, lean, and strong people are doing that. Like, what is... You're lying. What is (laughs) that? You know, like, stop it. This is... You know, and so the gym is just a middle finger to that, you know. And then original nutritionals is like, every time we would be on the road in collegiate summer ball or the minor leagues, you're on a bus. It's awful. You're driving from, you know, eight to ten hours between towns and, and... the way that you kill time with a team is you, you pull into a mall, and they say, get back on the bus at 3:10 p.m. and we'll be uh, hitting BP at, you know, 4:30." And you just walk around a mall all day, you know. And in every single mall, there's a GNC, every single one. And sorry, GNC, <laughs> but you're awful. And. Uh, We've had a few mentions of GNC so far, and, yeah. stuff like. and uh, whatever. I'm sure, there's a lot of great people there, but it's awful. It's very unsuccessful at what you would assume the point is. But um, you walk in these places, and it's like, well, allegedly, I'm one of the best athletes in the country, you know, in this sport, you know. And how come every time I talk to the strength coaches and nutritionists and and all the performance people? Um, none of what you have to offer me is in the conversation, you know, what are you selling in this place, right, and so it's this whole, like, lie thing, and, you know, human beings are, human beings, we have our, our trouble spots, and, um, one of them is that the difficult thing is never really gonna, like, jump out as, uh, the appealing one, you know, and so, original nutritionals was just this middle finger to the nutrition side of what I observe happening, you know, and so, um, I just find that, like, I could take the things that I liked about sports and the accountability that winning and losing and keeping score and performance provides and, um, kind of borrow that in the business world And use it to make quality messages. You know. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, I think that is what it is all about. I mean, everybody. You know, that should
0: be your purpose. Your life's purpose. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Just trying to figure it out. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Just
1: trying to figure it out. (laughs) So, what is uh, Original Nutritionals?
0: What do you have? Do you stick to a certain line of products, or is it wide open? Or We, uh, I always say like our value of course is in like our message and what we provide, but it's also probably just as much, the value is probably just as much about what we don't sell, you know, all the the BS stuff. Yeah. All the BS, the stuff like, you know, every single label of every single product we have, you can read, uh, if you are at least a fifth grader or above you know there's words recognizable food things um it won't take you very long maybe nine to eleven seconds to read the ingredient list right and it's like i was just trying to create a sports nutrition brand that wasn't trying to put itself uh in place of the the hard work and the reality of nutrition right like the moment that a brand says you're good and all but with this you'd be great it's Mm -hmm. like you're you're, that's not you're a liar you know the way i look at that and so i wanted to create this place that was kind of a a safe haven for what we kind of call clean athletes you know people that have a certain worldview that respect and appreciate real food based nutrition um and seek performance through quality fuel, you know. And so, we do omega-3, liquid omega-3, um, really well. That, that's our core business, that's where we started. Um, there's two products that we have there: a general omega-3 that's uh, called functional O3, and then a performance O3 is the second product, and that's kind of uh, the highest performing omega-3 that I've ever seen. It's a you know a lot about fish oil. It's a high EPA product. Um, EPA tends to, in the literature, speak to the anti-inflammation, you know, protein synthesis recovery story. Whereas DHA is uh, often very beneficial for like cognitive function, eye health, etc. Our bodies convert DHA um, DHA well, but we wanted to make something that was maybe more in the in the conversation for an athlete, you know, I'm just interested in being uh, a high performing physical specimen, and so that's what that is. Um, along the way, I uh, saw a product that I liked in coconut butter, you know, it like, wasn't yeah. like, coconut oil. It's delicious. Plus, like, yeah, <laughs> coconut butter, it's like the meat of the coconut whipped up, and then I just Decided I like coffee, so we put some coffee grounds in there and sea salt and cashew butter and made this kind of real food based snack thing. Um, it's sort of like the rebuttal to goo, you know. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Goo is like this science project that you eat when you're running way too far, you know. Yeah, and right. so uh, Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. The,
1: your your cashew. Yeah. The, oh, whatever. I don't even. Coco
0: Java nut Cocoa. butter. Oh. Yeah, so it's the name of the thing. Uh, really good. Um, and then we recently launched uh, Proteins. And I was super hesitant to do that just because, again, I'm like this weird anomaly. Like, I go to a gym, but I'm not, like, super obsessed with fitness, you know? Like, I do it, and I'll train um, for the rest of my life because it's important, but I'm not, like... Happiest when I feel like I'm gonna puke, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like there, and there are those people. Yeah. Same thing about like the the uh, supplement thing, you know. I was not the supplement guy. I took fish oil and ate real food because that's what my coach told me to do. I'm not the like nerd with like 20 shaker bottles, like trying to figure out some crazy concoction. I was never a meathead. I wasn't the guy at the YMCA like trying to get biceps. You know, I never did any of that stuff. And so I have this like sensitivity to the thing where I didn't want to like be that brand, but I started drinking raw goat milk because I'm involved in the sport of strongman and I'm like a skinny guy at heart. So I'm like <laughs> a hard gainer guy my whole life and just been trying to weigh one pound more than I did the day before. Sure. And so raw goat milk was a, an amazing find for me. Um, Nutritionally, uh, I didn't have any of the consequences that I had drinking milk in terms of inflammation, and I, I get really nasally. There's like a kind of inflammatory thing that I experienced and I get the same way. Yeah, yeah. and goat, goat milk uh, didn't give that for me specifically raw goat milk, and um, so my partners were like, you know, let's grow the the line and let's see what we should do next. And I said, does anybody do a goat protein? You know, like, yeah, for sure. Really that popular. I was like, sweet. <laughs> I don't really care about how yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see what's in there. And so we did some clean label uh, proteins. Uh, we'll eventually come out with uh, some different flavors and stuff, but right now like, the truest expression for the brand was um, clean, hormone-free, pasteurized whey. Uh, no sweeteners, no emulsifiers, anything like that. Wow. Yeah. So that's what we do bare bones yeah bare bones that's people cool. I uh, like that have a good experience with it they're, they're mixing it and stuff um, and yeah it, it's cool um, we sell direct on the website original nutritionals.com and we also help practitioners and gyms around the country um, with like wholesale accounts but okay yeah it's been a journey nice it's hard
1: but, I like it that's you know it's like Functional fitness and nutrition yeah. at its finest. Though, really, I mean, you're yeah. truly putting out
0: what you believe, and that I think that says a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's. It uh, that means a lot, you know. I think. You know, there there could be some high horse principle there, you know, and, and you could argue that there, there should be, but even if you don't want to look at that side of it. I don't have enough money to do it the other way. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have enough money to convince you that some cancer is good for you. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have enough money to buy enough weird treadmills and saunas to make you feel like uh, this gym is... Getting it fit when it isn't. You know Somehow, I, mean? I don't
1: know if if uh, you did have the money <laughs> yeah, I don't right. think you'd probably be doing it anyways. You'd be
0: surprised, man. The fitness industry is a billion-dollar industry, and let's just say not a lot of people are fit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? The country in general. That's the way that I look at it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I appreciate it. That's cool. It's nice
1: to know for for your brand just that people can trust it, you know? Just like, yeah. okay, you got the original nutritionals. and Yeah. yeah. I don't have to worry about if it's going to be, you know, a shade pull over my or something. I,
0: you know, I, I can be a a dick sometimes and I I don't want to get too out on a limb, but, you know, it's like if you're going to do business with someone or associate with someone or, you know, have an accountant or call a plumber or, you know, Choose to interact with an individual. For me, I don't know if this is like correlation, causation, fail or not, but I usually appreciate if they like front squat a little bit. You know, oh. <laughs> like That's... you, you know, like yeah. you're not really interested in like progressing your pull up. Like it's probably gonna be tough, man. You're you're not gonna fix my sink right, and I'm <laughs> gonna be impossible. pissed. And, we're not gonna get along, you know, and that's not because I'm obsessed with fitness, but you gotta care. Sure. You know, you gotta it says care. a lot, I think, about a person. You know, so. To an extent. Yeah. I don't know. We like to front squat, so maybe we should associate with each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That for I sure. Know. No, I like, like it. A that's fail safe. That's right? hilarious. Yeah. I like it though.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna have to start implementing. That. You know, but you always give people a chance. I just tend. To observe that. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, be on the lookout. Uh, like, like, you know, the, the coffee thing. I personally can't find a better taste in coffee, and these people like to lift Atlas stones. and I don't necessarily <laughs> think those things are correlated, but it's a coincidence that I am on the prowl. They go well.
1: So, <laughs> uh, we, yeah, I mean, we are just talking. This coffee is outstanding. Eric, got me some for Christmas, and we ran out and I was sad. Like, right. It was like, yeah. well, I, I know we can get some other stuff that I used to like, I right. think it was good, but then going yeah. to it, it's just like, yeah, that's not the same.
0: All you gotta do is try your best, right? So if you're dealing with people that are doing their best, it all works out, you know? So so how do you, um,
1: I guess, with the gym, yeah. uh, just kind of <laughs> real quick, what do you strive for that sets you apart? Because I, I know that Um, you talk about, you know, the things that you liked with CrossFit and not all CrossFits are made the same. You've got a ton of CrossFit certifications and you, it looks like, I mean, you just, you know, I mean, you, you have a a well-rounded background. So what do you implement there that,
0: that makes you different and kind of sets you apart, I guess? Well, I think there's a couple things. Um, First of all, fitness is so weird. It's just like food and politics and religion where it's like very emotionally charged. You know, it's very polarizing. And so I'm sure there's people listening. Like as soon as you say the word CrossFit, there's like opinions happening in people's heads. It's like they're going crazy. Some people maybe turned off the podcast. Other people are like, I can't wait till this dude says something dumb and I'm going to crush him. You know, Um, so fitness people are weird. Part one. Uh, part two, I think we are very clear on what we are and what we aren't. Now, the gym offers a lot of things, so they are kind of like, you can look at it as like products. So our GPP program, general physical preparedness, that's a thing. Uh, we didn't invent that. You know anything about, um, human performance, you know what I'm talking about. CrossFit just so happens to be a GPP program. The outcome, the desired outcome, is to improve GPP. It's not to get you ready for a football game on Friday. It's not to get you ready for your powerlifting meet. It's not to get you ready for um, a yoga off. Uh, the goal is broad, general, inclusive fitness. There's a lot of people that are obsessed with and love and wear the weird socks and post all the CrossFit photos on Facebook that can't tell you what CrossFit is. Conversely, there's a lot of people that just MF you and I because we're talking about CrossFit on the podcast and can't stand it and rant and rave and get all um, out of whack about CrossFit that also can't tell you what it is. Oh, yeah. So I view that as a problem. I don't really care if you're obsessed with it or you hate it. Um, but anyone that is interested in training with us, um, we set the stage for what that is. We try to educate and provide some context of what this is and what it isn't. As it turns out, this idea of improving GPP is pretty universally relevant. right? So just being generally a little bit more flexible, a little bit stronger, having more capacity and kind of a longer duration thing, being a little bit more explosive, like broadening your capacity in a very general way tends to be beneficial regardless of your goals. Some people are like, I just want better abs. (laughs) Cool, man. Just so happens, side benefit, maybe. Right. You know, I want to feel better. Cool, side benefit, got you. Mm -hmm. Some people are competitive trail runners. But they can't touch their toes, they can't squat, their hips don't work, they have low back pain, they're um, not strong people, their posture is poor, etc. I'm not telling you that constantly varied functional movement done with a little bit of intensity is the world's best trail running secret sauce program. But it tends to broaden that base of the pyramid. So that they can express themselves maybe a little bit better in whatever specific endeavor that is. For sure. And then they're at decreased risk of injury, in my opinion, too, just because they have For sure. more stability and flexibility and all that. For sure. And so what I'm getting at... I can be so long-winded. That's I like it. A, it's uh, good. It's a um, good when <laughs> What I'm getting at is that we're very clear that that's what we are. We're not a CrossFit program that's pretend trying to get three coaches to regionals, but we're making everybody else do that same program, we're not a CrossFit program that's pretending that it's a strength program, we're not a CrossFit program that is um, CrossFit light that avoids heavy weights, right, it's what it is, and that authenticity is helpful for everybody involved, it holds us accountable as coaches, It um, yields the best truest results to the goal to the people because the mission is clear um, and that goes uh, that, that it's also true for other programs you know strongman 101 is another program we have there which bridges the gap from this general fitness thing to um, the strongman implements it's not a program to get you ready for your strongman event it's not that specific. Strongman 202 is, however. Strongman 202 also won't really make you better at your 5K or you'll never get better at walking on your hands, but it's not trying to be that, right? Yeah. And So I think we have very just clear visions as to what we are. And sometimes that means telling people no. You know, There are plenty of people calling in the gym or walking in the gym that we are comfortable saying, this is what this is. And if you're interested in that, we're going to do it as well as it can be done. But I think a lot of people get into fitness and there's an insecurity thing, especially in the beginning. You're a coach, you want to make money, you want um, to work with people, you think you're so awesome that you can just affect everybody in in however uh, way that they want to be affected. And someone knocks on your door and says, I want to get jacked. I want to put 40 pounds on. Uh, Because I got a powerlifting thing coming up, and uh, I want to look like this guy, and they have like a picture of you know their favorite bodybuilder or whatever. You're kind of lying to them if you're running this. In our example, this GPP program, you're saying like, "Got you. Let's do this. Sign up." Um, We are a place that's running a very specific program, and we hold people to that. Um, We also look at movement through this lens of. Everything is a skill, so if I view running, if I do view jumping, pressing, pushing, pulling, squatting as a skill, that means I can do the thing better, so that lens holds everybody accountable again, including the coaches and the athletes, to you know this worldview that I see a lot in endurance sports, not to poo poo on endurance sports because. They're awesome, and we deal with them all the time. But uh, endurance sports, you can imagine that there's a worldview that says, I got a marathon in six months. If I can accumulate X number of miles this week and X number of miles next week and X number of miles the week after that and so on and so forth, then I've accumulated enough work to deserve the right to run this marathon. There's a lot of organizations that do that. And in some ways, that's true. You put in enough work, enough volume, you can express that volume in 26.2 miles. But if I have the worldview that says running is a skill, then maybe it's not just about acquiring all this volume and that I need to be in a uh, proper position. Maybe I can run 26.2 miles one way, or I can run 26.2 miles another way. right? And if I completely miss the skill part of the conversation, then maybe we're we're not helping ourselves, right? Um, and that looks like a million different things. That looks like uh, decreased performance. It looks like maybe more injuries. Um, can't run as far, as fast, uh, as pain-free. Whatever the case may be. And so we are here to teach. We're we are not telling people that they are paying for hard workouts. That's a big misconception. Mm-hmm. You know. So we explain to people, hey, this is what we are, this is what we do, this is what CrossFit is, this is how we might be different than some CrossFit gyms, but I have completely failed you if you walk away from here saying, oh, I bought 10 classes a month down um, at that gym on the corner. You bought the best coach you've ever had in your entire life. We're going to do 10 workouts, maybe, if that's what your membership is, but... The workouts are on the website every single day. Go to docegym.com, bottom of the blog, get as fit as you want for zero dollars. Go to 24 Hour Fitness. You're paying for a coach. You're paying for structure and enrollment in a program that's gonna, like school, evolve you into something better than you are right now. I think that's lost on a lot of people. People are like, yeah, we're gonna get it, turn up the music, and it's magic. That's not what we do, and not to say that that's right or wrong, or whatever. But in our thing, I think that's why we're we're successful. You know,
1: makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it is what it is, and people like it, then it's great. But at least you're clear about it.
0: Yeah. And if you don't know what you are, how can you, how can you, fine tune the dials on that?
1: You know? So does that come all the way back to when you took that time off? You know, after baseball, kind of getting that that time when you read however many books and you know did you start to build the foundations and you had that goal or did you just kind of develop that
0: like through your five years where you interned and along the way there? I think it was like the whole process you know um like I said this is not just a fitness conversation and a gym conversation I think it's important to and this is my like I'm a total introvert I had to think things through before I make sense of them and speak about them. And if I, if I haven't worked through in my head what we are, then we're kind of feeling our way through this. Um, An example, if you're uh, in your car and you're going to a birthday party and you're late, 30 minutes late, but well, you've been to that house before, I mean, of course we want to be safe, not break so many laws, but if you've been there before and you know how to get there, you can drive 100. You can fly around corn corner, you, boom, 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 boom. But if I'm late to the birthday party and I've never been there before, I don't know how to get there, you can't drive nearly as fast. You can't be nearly as aggressive or accurate or, or decisive about those decisions. You're pulling up to stop signs. What street is that? You're trying to read the thing. You're making U-turns. You're feeling your way through it. And I see a lot of gyms do that. I'm so passionate about this. CrossFit changed my life. I'm the fittest person I know. Obviously, I should open a gym. That's not good logic. <laughs> right. But people arrive there by that logic. And then we're open. What are we? What well, we're this thing. And then uh, but this doesn't kind of work, and then we're we're changing, and then you're feeling your way through this, and the guinea pigs are your people, and when you do that, the value is less than what it could be, and so I just looked at it as looked at it as like a strategic advantage, you know. Uh, I think it's important to believe firmly in why you do what you do, uh, and then always kind of like challenge that and check that. Um, but you gotta you gotta know what your kind of mission is you gotta know what your destination is you know so you can be that you can be excellent at that um and so that clarity I think was important you know you could make the same argument I think for uh a, a completely different model oh I, I think you know I can see how it could be applied to anything basically but if you don't have that same like conviction Thorough expression of what that is, then there's no way you can do it with the, you know, tenacity and, and direct application that you could otherwise. I think you know, it's like shooting for a target. How are you gonna right. hit it if you don't know where right. it is or what it is? It is. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why. I don't know necessarily where it specifically came from, but I knew that that was strategically a better, higher value expression of what it was. So when's your book coming out? This is going to be a gem. Oh yeah, man. (laughs) This is the hardest thing ever. Um, So I hired a coach um, who was actually my capstone professor of the leadership school I was telling you about. She's the best ever since ever. She's a PhD uh, on the topic. She's a Harvard professor. She's... The person for this, and so I'm getting good help. So, we've started a process that's gonna be six months long, and I'm gonna work really hard to beat the kind of time checkpoints that we have. But, um, six months from where we started just so happened to be my 31st birthday, December 1st, so December 1st. Wow, yeah, that's good to have a goal. Yeah, man,
1: that's exciting. We're charging. Cool, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I think it'll be good.
0: I'm active. I hope f- so. i the crap out of it. It's, I, you know, I have a knack for trying hard stuff and being pretty okay with. Falling flat on my face, so <laughs> just keep upping the ante. I think yeah.
1: you say stuff well, though. I mean, in the I don't follow your blog all the time, yeah. but uh, every once in a while, Erica will send me like, yeah. a really good one. And oh, thank do you. To the points and uh, say things well, though. So I, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Thanks. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be powerful if I do my job right. I think you know. So yeah, we'll see. Sweet. Yeah. Cool, well, um, mention a couple questions. Yeah. Maybe wrap things
1: up a little bit here. So, of course. um, What is, um, I don't know, where do you want to start? Maybe since we're talking about books, start right there. Do you have any recommendations?
0: I do. Um, There's one book that I give to every single person that enrolls in our coaches development program, coaches prep at the gym. So, we don't hire coaches. From the outside, you have to be a student at the gym and go through this whole kind of program thing. And the book has nothing to do with fitness. It's called Mindset. The author's Carol Black. Dweck. Growth
1: mindset, yeah, yeah. It's a great book. And
0: uh, much of the the research that I'm getting into now, uh, these authors are often referring back and forth between what Carol's doing. And the reason why I recommend this book to everyone, I literally just, I buy like 12 copies at a time and then when I'm done getting on the way, I just buy more. <laughs> so there's a stack of them at the gym. Is um, starting with the mind. This is like home base for everything. Everything starts in the mind, right? Um, the potential, your kind of upper limits are, kind of most available, in my opinion, through a mindset that is uh, what Carol Dweck would call a growth mindset, you know. This idea that we are malleable people, that we can change for better and for worse. Our traits are not fixed. We have influence on our reality. Uh, And if you believe that in a general way, then feedback, failure... Um, sub-optimal life experiences are all good news, right? Yeah. Like, hey, man, when you coach, you say, um, every two seconds. If I have a growth mindset, I appreciate that because now I can get better and I can improve and I can be a better coach. If you have a fixed mindset, then that means I'm a bad person. I'm not the coach that I thought I was um, I'm exposed. I was fooling a bunch of people, <laughs> but now they know I'm a fraud. It All goes right. back to like I think you were saying about the challenges
1: yeah. you know in meeting those challenges and like if you had high goals if you don't fail, you're not gonna grow. I mean right. you could easily coast through
0: stuff and succeed right. at everything, but what
1: right. you're gonna be maybe pretty good,
0: yeah. And what's trippy about it is you can be world class with a growth mindset, and you can be world class with a fixed mindset. The experience, and like I said, the potential, your potentiality is greatest expressed through that growth mindset. Furthermore, it's a lot more enjoyable for the people around you. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know. And uh, uh, it's very challenging, ways you're said than done. Um the author herself um uh, is admittedly a fixed mindset person in many different arenas in our life. But uh I think it's the most important book anybody could read. Um for a lot of reasons. So that one. Awesome. Yeah. A good good book, good yeah. description
1: of it. Yeah. Cool. What's your most influential purchase, a hundred dollars
0: or less? Fitness or otherwise, right? You, you know what? Man, coffee. Sort of like yeah. you know. I I think we do this for four bucks or less. This is just me personally. I'm very like I said introverted, and so when I coach or do awesome things like this podcast, um, it brings me to life and it's so important. But it's also um, it costs energy for me, and I feel like I. Recharge when I'm by myself, so the best money I can spend Are these little vacations, and I take a little vacation every single day When I ride my bike to the coffee shop And I buy an Americano and I sit there and I read something or write something or listen to something and uh, You know I could buy a Maybach uh, You know uh, or I could just spend three bucks on a nice cup of coffee. Yeah. And then buy the uh, nice cup of coffee any day. You know?
1: That's sweet. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah I like that a lot. In, in uh phrase too. It, it is a mini vacation. Dude.
0: I mean, it totally is. <laughs> like, I'm going to take one today. <laughs> I'm going on vacation today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Uh... So, we had, oh, okay. So, if you were to go back 10 years, uh, yeah. what would you tell your 10 years ago self? So, 10 years or ago. Or what changes would you do
0: differently? Yeah. 10 years ago, I was 20. So that means I was in college. Um, I really appreciated the way that I went about my business in my baseball career. so. I made a deal with myself that whenever that was done, I was gonna, I was gonna go about my business in a way that I would be okay with it, you know, whether I was done a day later or 20 years later, you know. Um, and so I don't really have any changes to that side of it. I think, and this is something that people always say, uh, and it's I think good advice: is start sooner. You're never gonna be ready, ever like there's no such thing I mean I'm basically an idiot and I'm, you know fooling a bunch of people right? yeah <laughs> because I started but you know you could always argue that uh, I, I could have started sooner you know and so I think that's advice that um, that shoot if you ask me that 10 years from now I'd probably be telling myself that right now <laughs> um, so that's my answer man we'll cool. start sooner so hopping on
1: that just piggyback where do you see yourself going?
0: Yeah. Um, it's funny. In the beginning I sorta of jinxed myself, uh, and said that I felt really lucky because there's almost been no time in my life where I've not had a very clear just gnarly, ostentatious goal. I, I, you know, I've always had pretty clear vision of like where I wanted to go. And ever since that, you know, period when I was Organizing my thoughts and vision for what I'd like to do business wise. Um, I, I think it's almost time to do that again in some ways, to introspect and really figure it out. Um, so, my partial answer is I might not know. Some of my ideas, however, um, are kind of. M- Doing more of the same, better, right? So the gym, um, we're trying to grow that in a bunch of different ways. Doing a lot of projects with like the media thing, working on executive producing a TV show uh, that would feature the gym and what we have to say. Um, Deuce Gym will be bigger, you know? going to get the building next door somehow, some way, whether it's 10 days from now or 10 years from now. Um, We have another gym in Torrance, Deuce Athletics, that uh, is going to need to expand and get a new home. Um, If we can continue to grow and develop rock star people like we have, uh, there will be more Deuce gyms uh, and spreading that message. When I write this book, I think it's going to open another conversation for for what I'm doing and I think that might mean talking to people and um, a podcast about that stuff and, um, I don't know. Um, but I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I, I think no matter which direction, it's gonna be good one. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, you guys are, you know, your whole family's been uh, really meaningful to Lindsay and I, and you guys are very inspiring as well. So it's crazy we we've never met, but yeah, it, it is. is. You know, super connected.
1: It is crazy too that um, yeah. you guys are
0: moving back to Wisconsin to, <laughs> to
1: set up a deuce up there. I can't believe you're doing that. Yeah, yeah that's it's gonna be great. It's <laughs> nuts.
0: We're almost packed up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Till winter is Yeah, exactly. So last question: What do you have any take-home tips? Uh, I guess, uh, and ask of uh, people. I'm sure you you have plenty or maybe a few take-home tips just to a a general person.
0: Yeah, um, it's one, and this is kind of the synopsis of the book that I'm working on uh, distilled down into one ask, and that is that in every kind of avenue of your life, whoever's listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. The thing that you need to do, that you want to do, that you're probably not doing, I need you to do that. And furthermore, you need you to do that. And all the reasons that you create to avoid it you know, you're working a job that you shouldn't be working, you're in a relationship you shouldn't be in, you're pursuing or not pursuing. Um, a craft or a, a practice, um, all the reasons that you have for not doing that um, aren't true. And that when you decide to embark on that pursuit of what fulfills you, your purpose, the um, things that you should be doing, you are forced to be reckoned with and you can work longer hours than you're working now. You can have a deeper practice than you have now. Uh, you have a chance to experience peak human performance and flow at a level that is impossible right now. Uh, and that means more value for you. Value is whatever you want to make it be. That's you're happier, you make more money, etc. cetera. Um, and you create more value for your community You know, as an example, you know, uh, Dave Grohl or your favorite musician, he needs to be making music for him, and I need him to make music. (laughs) I don't need Dave Grohl to be helping me at Wells Fargo. Right. see what I'm saying? Yes. It's worse for everybody. It's his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to do that, please. I'm begging you, because I don't need you to do some other... 60%, half-ass. I got money in the bank, safety zone. And uh, so do that. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be awesome. It's a great ask. Cool. Where can people find you? Man, I'm on the internet. Uh, At Functional Coach on Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Logan Gilbrick. The Deuce Gym website is a pretty good place to hang out. Deuce Gym. Com. D-E-U-C-E gym.com. There's a blog every day. I always tell our people, that uh, if I had the choice of them training and not reading the blog, and reading the blog every single day and not training, that they'd be better off if they just read the blog every day. Oh, so, yeah? Um, there's that. Cool. Originalnutritionals.com.
1: That's all I know. Sweet. I'm going to have to check out that blog every day now. Yeah, I know. Right? Cool. <laughs> Thanks cool. Thanks Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's Thank very you. Great. This is great.
0: Thank you for watching this episode of Clinically Pressed. If you want to go check out our full site at clinicallypressed.com, we will have links to all our episodes, our
1: insights, and coming soon, CP Shorts. Also, while you're there, we are starting to offer
0: online courses, with our first one being Dr. Jagams Weight Loss 101. So check that out. You can find us at any podcast outlet and YouTube. While you're there, if you
1: could give us a thumbs up or a rating, that would be great. We've heard it really helps. Also check out our blog at TotalAthleticTherapy.com where you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter that summarizes all of our posts plus provides you with some other extras. Thank you again for listening and we hope to see you again soon.